Hello? Hello, this is Family Electric Ghost. We have Lord um, Toth. Yes, this is Lord Toth. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. So it doing is well. Well, thank you for being on the show. This is the Family Electric Ghost podcast. And we've been interviewing indie artists since 2018. And we've reached 24,000 listeners worldwide. So we're very excited to talk to you tonight. Thank you. Um, so you've been... Um, uh, pushing or working on your project, which you have a GoFundMe for on project. So we didn't know if we wanted to talk about that first or go through our standard questions. It's your it's your call. Well, actually, it it really doesn't matter. I'm I'm just honored to be on uh, on your show. So you go ahead and uh, take the reins or take the wheel, and I'll I'll just follow along. Okay, well, we'll get to that because we are going to promote it on, on the actual podcast itself. We'll put the links so people can go to that project. Thank but, you. But what we usually do is we start in with somebody's whole history <clears throat> and, you know, what, what they're raising to Tori is. So we ask the question, like, when did you forget what age? I Could you say that one more time? When did I first? I didn't hear the interested in music oh i see um well music was something that was um always surrounding me uh when i was growing up my mother was my biggest influence um i grew up with three brothers and each one of them had their own uh uh i guess favorites uh, in the music industry but uh my older brother and i we were the ones that uh really uh, got into the music aspect as far as singing goes. But um, my mother, my mother uh, did a lot of uh, soul singing and even sung Aida and uh, opera pieces that she could mimic. Um, and um, I would grow up listening to my father uh, playing Swan Lake or, um, you know, some, some other opera on the, on, on Sunday mornings or on the weekends. So I was always surrounded by music, you know, different facets of it, uh, from rock to pop to uh, to funk to country to, as I said, opera and classical. And so I would say in my single years, it's when I was really, really wanting to uh, follow the music path. So, so that's when you actually had started to work on music when you were in your teens? Or your well, I, I, I would before. say, I would say really early. Uh, my my parents uh, uh, would always play music, uh, and there was you know, one particular artist that uh, I guess they realized I caught on to really well, and that was when they were playing Al Green. So Al Green. <laughs> I started, yeah, yeah, I, I started uh, growing up mimicking uh, Al Green's uh, stage performance and even his voice at a young age. You know, with all his his little purrs and his his growls in between uh, in between yeah. his phrases. Yeah, yeah I saw and, in, your bio, in your bio, I saw that you you name check love and happiness, call me, you ought to be me, let's stay together. So you really, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how I made my little uh, summer allowance uh, when either uh, guests or my relatives would would come to our house. Um, my mother would would get my mic microphone it was usually it was just something that it was just you know whatever she could find that looked that resembled a microphone around the house and that would give me my bit of confidence and i'd, I'd start doing my, my little leg shaking and and uh you know uh crooning for the the audience there and that's how i'd make my my change to go buy buy my honey buns or you know or my candies or anything like that yeah so you you had a love for great soul artists. I, I also read Michael Jackson, Sam Cooke, and then you know on the rock side, Elvis Presley, and and you said you know you have this a, a varied background where you love multiple genres. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Elton John, Elton John, Peter Frampton, uh, Alice Cooper, um, yeah. and then you know even Gary Wright. And this all came from like uh, I know these are much older artists, but you know I was. I was the baby and I was listening to, you know, what my, my 
much older brother was listening to and what my uh, parents were listening to. So that's right. kind of how. <laughs> that that's no problem. I'm in my fifties. I grew up in in the you know in the in the seventies, and I'm a big uh, you know my music taste goes from like Sun Ra to Parliament Funkadelic. Oh yeah, yeah. To the doors to listen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jam, you know, like uh, you know, I'm just all over the map. I listen to the Velvet Underground. I listen to you know the Clash. I'm I'm just everywhere. Um, There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's uh, excellent. Yeah, well, if you're a musician, I'm a musician. I'm I'm a keyboardist, so I'm going to dive into like Bernie Worrell, but I'm also going to be like you know listening to. To Pete Townsend's approach to synthesis, you know. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm a synthesizer guy, so I look into yeah. you know all the great synthesizer plays. Stevie Wonder, one of the greatest ever, um, mm, mm. totally underrated. Can you always get people talking about yes, and they're talking about Tony Banks from Genesis, but like Stevie Wonder <laughs> on the Dream Machine, uh, on Inner Visions, and on uh, songs in the Key of Life is one of the greatest synthesizer players ever to play the instrument. <laughs> right, 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 right. If you think about the stuff he did, it was super innovative, and you get all these progressive bands that people talk about, and I love those bands. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. all those all of those records, but you mm-hmm. always hear a lot of synthesis people tend to leave Stevie out when he's one of the greatest synthesis ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's very true. Um, my brother, my you know, my eldest brother, turned me on to. The Secret Life of Plants with Stevie Wonder. Oh, that's uh, a, I love that record. That's a totally yeah. unknown, unknown record. Yeah, got, send one to love. Yeah, yeah, very. love is what everybody knows, but they don't. Right. know where it came, they don't they where don't it came from. The album, like uh, what v- Venus, uh, the Venus Flytrap. Uh, oh yeah, is that one of the? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a concept album. It's just like yeah, listening yeah. to like Pink Pink Floyd. Sure, just, sure. Just like listening to like Tommy or something. It's a concept album. Right, right, right. Except it didn't, it didn't get that kind of a promotion uh, back in, in, in its day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally underrated, but it's brilliant. I mean, as a keyboard player, I listen to it real heavy mm-hmm. because of the stuff he was doing on it, it's even more innovative than what was on, uh, you know, Inner Visions or Songs in the Key of Life. Right, 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 right. And being the kind of musician I am, I'm a progressive, mm-hmm. like, funkster. You know, I'm into, like, Bernie Worrell, Funkadelic, like I said. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of Sunrise. You know, a band like Sunrise, one of the first jazz bands to ever use synthesizers, um, mm-hmm. was, was the, you know, Sunrise, which is an unsung, great American progressive jazz band. Um, and it's just, you know, that kind of work always... I get I get drawn into, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> right, right. No, that's okay. That's okay. I I, I love listening to people's uh, influence and and stories and what piques their interest as far as music goes. That that's that's always a beautiful thing. Well, when you started talking all about all those classic musicians and the people you love, it kind of when you mentioned like Alice Cooper, that's a great progressive kind of rock band. You know, kind of right. predated Bowie. What Bowie? Right, did. right, right. And of um, course. I can't even. I'm sure you 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 saw my uh, my influence with Bowie. Yeah. Uh, even uh, did a remake on uh, uh, his song "China Girl," which uh, once we can get uh, get past the whole six foot to uh, you know twenty foot social distancing, yeah. uh, maybe I can get that video finished. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Bowie to me, you know, well, the one great thing I remember Bowie said is like he decided to go with theater. Right, you know, to go to sure. this other me version of right, it, right. right, yeah. Because when he came out as David Jones, it didn't work. Mm, mm-hmm, he had an mm-hmm. album in the '60s. He did it, you know, without being Bowie, trying to do it straight. Sure, it, sure. It, it didn't work. And when he came out with this theatrical version, this other me, the Ziggy, sure, Stardust Ziggy version, Stardust, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it just opened up the world that wow, you can do you know what lady gaga does today is very influenced by that but uh-huh. that that to me is this becoming like alice cooper is another person who does that freddie mercury was like this other, oh man yeah other version of himself prince i mean that the kid sure the parade talk version, about yeah the parade version of prince and every version he had a different character just like bowie yeah 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 there was uh, let's see there was um uh jamie star yeah. There was uh, Alex- Alexander Nevermind. Nevermind. There was uh, Camille. <laughs> uh, Camille, right. And and there was um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, he has multiple yeah. variations. Yeah, there's exactly. even yeah. a version that we never sure. saw called the teal version. He actually created a character wow. called teal, the teal version of himself with um, Tim Burton. Oh, wow. There's a, oh, wow. there's a 20 minute unseen video that Tim Burton did, and there was this album called Teal that was never put out. I'm a total Prince fanatic. And he did this. Oh, okay. He, he kind of did this new envision. He revisioned himself. He tried to create another version of himself. But the record label looked mm. at it and they were like, this is too much. So they, they sure, sure, they, sure. Warners wouldn't put it out. So he was like, okay, that's another one that goes in the vault. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, yeah. see the teal version you know they're focusing on a reissue of sign of the times but i've been kind of like wow i i want to see teal there was torah torah also wasn't oh yeah there? torah torah during the mpg like emancipation days um yeah uh, i have exodus and you know <laughs> talk speaking speaking of i didn't mean to uh, 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 interrupt but if i could just interject you know it's interesting because he, he was such uh, a, a very very underrated guitarist let alone with other instruments that the man plays. I mean, what does he play? Uh, Twenty-eight instruments. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his guitar playing is a cross between Santana and 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 like Hendrixian and, and Hendrix. Had, yeah. yeah, and then he even has some like you know like like Bootsy like bass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his mm. bass playing is very much oh, totally centered he, in he, funk. <laughs> he's a monster. He's yeah, a totally monster on bass. Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> what, was, what was that song? Um, Work uh, uh, off his controversy album. I'm going way back because oh, yeah. I was in, I was introduced to Prince by uh, musicians that were you know really really good friends of mine. I think in a way um, you know we're we're all great friends now. Not to 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 get off too much, but they were such such big uh, Prince fans. In fact, they were pretty much a, uh, like a tribute band. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I was I was this artist. Um, not really looked at as a musician because I couldn't play instruments back then. I would have to always uh, kind of hum the parts to someone, kind of a, a, the Boy George process of, of <laughs> uh, uh, relaying my song. So the you know, you know, I, I could I could I could sing the different parts of the you know, like this is what the bass sounds like, and you know, I could make the bass noise, I could make the guitar noise, and I could I, that so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I was always looked over uh, as being a musician in fact my google page says musical artist and that always reminds me of that you know i think i've got this imposter complex when it comes to that well you shouldn't feel so bad because james brown that's what he did yeah well did that too (laughs) right yeah and and i i finally you know because i had to start playing i wasn't getting my songs uh, recorded fast enough so i had to start you know first i started playing the bass and I started really early with the bass, actually, and I, I kind of put it down. I wish I'd stayed with it uh, at 14, 15. And then um, then I started uh, someone, uh, one of those uh, band members that I was speaking of from the band that was, uh, they weren't they weren't my, my rivals or anything, but it was almost like I was, um, I was the Richie Cunningham of, of the bunch whenever I, whenever I came around. You know, I wasn't quite cool enough. Oh, but yeah. I, I, I've, I've been in that situation being a keyboardist because they're like, you know, guitar uh, players and bass players are like, oh, you're just a keyboard player, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And plus, I wasn't in their band. But one of the members, uh, you know, he had a he had a an affinity for me. I mean, they all they all were chums from school. But uh, he he started lending me his keyboard and he says, look, I'm not going to always be able to help you out because we got to play gigs and things. But here you can just borrow my board and I was like really and and you know and it kind of grew from there and then he said you know I'm gonna show you how to use a four track and and then it grew from there and the next thing I you know I was uh, you know I bought my first guitar and then you know I had already had the background of a of, of a uh, bass guitar and I even my mother bought me a kalimba at a at a you know, I I think I was like maybe eleven or twelve because of Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I I just started playing the instruments that I slowly collected over the years. You know, she bought me a little acoustic guitar, but when I was in my you know, early years, but that didn't count. That didn't count. I wasn't really playing that. What anyway, kind of four track? What kind of four track did you have? 
Oh, <laughs> I remember. Well, I didn't have it. I remember it was a loan, but it was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a false tax, a false oh, tax. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think that's it. And then, then later, he got another one. He got an eight track, and he let me on that as well. And then, yeah. uh, and then I got to where you know once they taught me the whole balancing track over to this track, so I could take you know make yeah. four into eight or eight into sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, oh, you went crazy. You went started. Oh crazy. yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were like, listen to him, you know. And then I was doing all the things that I couldn't do on an instrument. I just started recording tracks, uh, you know, like, you know, doing all the, what you know, all, stuff, all the yeah, all the, all the drum beats and things with, with, with my voice, uh, you know, percussion and, uh, and little, you know, hand claps and snaps and then just you know, little insanities in between. And then I would start singing uh, and then doing my background vocals. And so that really helped me uh, have the confidence to really start uh, venturing uh, more into the learning the instruments that I wanted to play and, and then arranging came easily once I was playing the bass, playing the guitar, playing the harmonica and playing, you know, um, yeah, you know, programming my own drums and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what's great about talking to singer songwriters or people who are music producers or general artists is like their thought process and how they come to, you know, view Songcraft. I was I was watching a documentary about um, George Martin oh, yeah. uh, for the, from the Beatles, right? Oh man, and, uh, yeah, I love George Martin. I love and the, the thing. He he made this very interesting statement. The statement was, you know, I used to he used to just do production for like Peter Sellers. That's right, and, and, and yeah, and and and, and television uh, you know, short yeah, television. numbers like that. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And what he said, his advantage coming into when he started producing the Beatles was that, well, you know what? I, he had this idea, well, I, I don't want to just like Xerox or copy the sound that's live. Uh, I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. look at a painting like Monet, right? Mm. And a painter doesn't just Xerox life. They they interpret it. Ooh. And, it right? and then yeah. they, they, they create, what I do is I create a sound painting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, can can I can I interject on that point? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that's I didn't know he said that, but that's how uh, musicians really started. Uh, that's where the divide actually started uh, uh, closing or or uh, becoming less of a divide because musicians started understanding me because I had to create my own language and I let them know that you know because. I'm, I'm sure you, I don't know if you've seen any of my my artwork uh, as a painter, um, but I had to start um, explaining to them that I see sounds, and that's that's the only way I can get this point across to you. And and I would start painting the sounds and, and explaining to them. I was like, okay, well, and I would draw pictures and show them what the notes were doing. I didn't know what I, you know. I still don't today. I can't read. Uh, B flat from Z Z minor, which is no such thing. But um, it, I, th they started understanding me, especially when I was. Uh, There's this one musician that I I, I named. You know, uh, his name was Joe, uh, but I, I gave him the nickname Chief. And um, uh, he, you know, he was so he was so he was so proficient with his theory and jazz and everything, and mm -hmm. yeah, he he. he 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 was a nice guy, but oftentimes musicians have this hierarchical—I mean, hierarchy—kind of attitude, yeah. Yeah. and uh, especially when they have this background, that background. And I said, "Look, man, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I wish you could understand what I'm saying." He's like, "But I'm playing what you're telling me to, and it's a such and such so and so note." I said, "Listen, I, I, I don't know all that, but I'm gonna tell you, you're not playing it right." And mm -hmm. you know, my drummer. My drummer would would nod his head like he's right, and then my bassist, and then you know I got to the point where my other musicians were on my side because they like listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. He may not know the notes, but he knows what he's talking about. And I was like, your timing's off. And it was a, it was it was this funk lick to a, a song of mine. Um, oh my gosh, I think it's called "Give Up the Ghost." Uh, one of my songs. 
no pun intended, uh, Phantom Electric Ghost. But, uh, and, and I was letting him know, it's like, no, 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 no. I said, look, if you can just hit it like this, it's woman naked, chicken naked. And he's like, what? And, 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 and I explained to him, and he's like, but I'm playing doodle, I'm playing doodle, 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 too loose. No, 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 no. I said, it's, it's tight. I said, it's woman naked. Not naked, naked. Woman naked, chicken naked. And this guy came back the next day, mm-hmm. an hour and a half before everybody got to practice. And he was letting me, he was showing me that he, he worked all night. And he said, you know, I stayed up until I was sleeping. He said, I got this rhythm down. And he played that rhythm. And that kid knocked it out the park. I swear he did. Because he knew, he knew how to tighten up those strings and that Woman, chicken, 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 and he was hitting that wah wah, and yeah. oh man, I said that's it. And we sat out by my pond and and you know fed my ducks. I had ducks at the time, and and we had a laugh. And you know when the guys got there, he was like, "Let's start off with with this song," and and they were just like, "Damn, what happened to you overnight?" He said, "Yeah, I I started understanding his language." He's like, when he breaks it down like this in these in these as you know, as abstract as it is, he said it makes sense. And he said, and then I know, oh, he's talking about a such and such. And and for him, he could only relate it to music. Relate things to to like a truck going down the street. <laughs> and uh, and that's what I heard. You know, uh, I'm sorry, it was a milk truck actually, and it was hitting potholes going down the street and that's how I wrote like one of my first favorite songs called Living Like a Vagabond which I'm going to put out on my, my double album coming but anyway I, I rattle off too much no, I, I got excited I think with think what you said I think that's why I try to explain to people like if you think about like Hendrix, Hendrix also talked about sound paintings when they asked him about Electric Ladyland right and they asked him like why does it mm-hmm. sound that way mm-hmm. right? why, why do we hear ocean? Yeah, yeah. why do we hear birds why do we hear all these cosmic sounds and he, and he said, yeah. it's a sound pan. Yeah. And the thing about yeah. Hendrix is yeah. that Hendrix would do anything to get the sound, right? He, he, he uh, would find yeah, any yeah. kind of way to get at it. He would go and play a harpsichord he never played it before. Yeah, he, he'd go pick up yeah. an old Redding's bass and like play it because it's like, I, he, Noel wasn't getting the line. He wasn't, he wasn't picking sure, it up. Sure, he would sure. even jump on the drums and show Mitch Mitchell yeah, what he was talking about very much like the way Prince does it. Even Stevie Wonder jumps on the drums. I think sometimes when you're an artist, you like yeah. know what you want, and and if you can't yeah. write it down, Hendrix couldn't write. You know, Stevie can't write, but you know, so you know, write write, wow. write it down no. on the paper. So right? you, you, it doesn't mean you can't be one of the greatest artists in the world. <laughs> you, you, you can still do it. Yeah. I think a lot of African Americans we have this innate capability. You know, from jazz and hip hop, we created all these forms. And yeah, and rhythm. Just, yeah, it's, it's rhythm. I mean, we get we get teased by you know by other other you know cultures and other races about oh uh, you know you know that's kind of like a private joke, but it, everybody knows it. Like all all black folks yeah. have rhythm. I mean, it's like, you know, like, I think and feel, it's not it's not true, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, in some aspect, uh, rhythm does come uh, innately for I would say. Quite a few of yeah, us. Yeah, we can just yeah. jump into like one time. I mean, I've been in bands for years. And when I played with, you mm. know, African American like jazz drummers versus, versus like a rock mm. drummer, like I would play with like a rock mm-hmm. and roll drummer. Mm. And then I was like, well, you know, I played with, with my, with my African American jazz drummer and we were like totally in sync, like all the time. I go play with uh, this yeah. rock drummer and yeah. he's doing like a John Bonham. And that, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, fine, yeah. But it was different. And I would adjust. Would say okay, I'll, I'm going to play like that, or I go or go and try right. to play more like the jazz drummer. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sometimes you have to yeah. let it go and say, okay, we well, you know this is this guy's capability, and maybe I can work with that and and actually turn it into something different. That's why I think the cool thing about being a musician is, you know, you work with people, you see where their limits are, you see where how far they can go, and then sometimes well, I can take that limitation and I can actually work it and turn it into something else. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, I guess kind of 
gave me my boost um, because musicians uh, started, I don't want to say, uh, you know, putting the word out, but they, you know, I, I guess would, would put in a good word or two to other musicians about me and say, you know, well, he knows, you know, he knows his stuff and, and you know, he's, he's got a body of work, um, and, you know, which I did. Um, but I wasn't able to translate it as, as I am today. Uh, but I was raw and I was hungry trying to get that point across. And they appreciated that, you know, because when, uh, at the, I don't want to say at the end of the day, but at the, uh, uh, let's say at the end of the bar, we, we, we all want to have a good song and, and I could write, I could write that and, and they were happy to be playing it, and which made me happy. In so, so from the days of the like eight track, four track, sixteen track recorder to now, where we have digital audio workstations and MIDI controllers and non, you know, keyboard based yeah. controllers, so musicians can go into like, you know, MPC right. Akai MPCs and use all kinds of you know sure. alternative input. And so now today, yeah. You know, as a musician, you could go into, you know, an Akai MPC and put together a song without knowing how to play a keyboard, you know, and you, mm. you can do all this yeah, grid based yeah, yeah. non, you know, uh, you know, guitar or non keyboard based production. Sure. So what yeah. Did, how right. did, you, right. did you transition, yeah. you know, in your career from doing like the four track 16, you know, 16 track, 24 track to doing the doll work and then be able to even do more expression? Uh, because of the dog, I I I caught up, um, and I, I work in Pro Tools uh, now, um, and but I still do a lot of the the um, I don't want to call them techniques. Um, I don't really do the MIDI. I do the individual tracks, and I you know I I call it much like I used to call the bass, the drums, and the keyboards bone instruments. Uh, keyboards kind of like uh, like borderline, but mm -hmm. piano, bass, drums, those are bone instruments to me. And so once I started, uh, you know, went from the four track to eight track to, you know, now at Pro Tools and, you know, the, the current version of it, um, my, th that, that logic, luckily I was able to trans, uh, transcend as, as well as uh, 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 what's the word transition yeah and i was able to apply those uh things that i learned from scratch like now there's still so many things and 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 well i i guess say drop down menus yeah, and yeah. buttons and, and 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 inputs and outputs that i don't even fool with i'm just like that's out of my <laughs> that's head recording you know, engineer that's, that's foreign <laughs> That was exactly. I was just about to say that, but but I still respect you know people that that are really into that. But you know, it, it, if I can uh, write up to three songs in a day and then translate them uh, from my board to Pro Tools or from my uh, guitar. Uh, uh, and I'm not, you know, mind you, I've mentioned guitar and learn, learning how to play. I'm no guitarist. So I'm just putting that out there now for people that, that are guitarists. Well, you're, you're a singer, song, <laughs> I singer find my writer, like multi-instrument, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's a great way to say it. Um, and, yeah, and I've, I've produced uh, other independent artists. But, you know, I'm just... It's not like I'm trying to say, oh, I'm this accomplished artist. No, well, I no, think no, a lot no. of people, what no. they don't realize is that sometimes, you know, you don't have to be Eddie Van Halen. You don't have to be Hendrix. You know, you, you could get on the sure. guitar. And if you're a singer songwriter, it's the whole piece, right? It's, it's the, the whole, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't have it's to the be whole... technically the best yeah. guitar player in the world. You could still create like a very affecting song without, without having right. those capabilities. Right. And some people, that they don't realize they don't remember that <laughs> yeah but, yeah, I yeah i think but wow. i think it's interesting though um you said you don't kind of use the midi capability you still kind of track it like like you were punching in and punching out like in the old days you still kind of you you run it that way because that's the way i actually record <laughs> yeah 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 I, yeah i you know like i can do all the the multiple tracks 
uh, in my uh, my board, yeah, my yeah. workstation. But when it's time to record, I just record them individually, and then I'm I'm ready to to start uh, saying, okay, this track is going to be, it's going to sound like this when it gets close to the mm -hmm. mixing process. And what I mean by that is like, okay, then I started, I start choosing the uh, yeah, yeah. the color uh, that it's going to be. Meaning, is it going to be hot pink? Is it going to be fuchsia? Or is it going to be raspberry? What's it going to What's it going to yeah, look like? Yeah, you start that sound and all the different things. That you, right, you exactly. The color, you know, and, you can choose. That's right, and that's what that's what lets me know I'm on the right track. Not 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 midianing and, and getting all caught yeah. up in the uh, you know, inputs and things like that, and, and diff, you know, and and getting lost in the effects. No. That's probably why. Yeah, I mean, but, that's, you know, a lot of times when I've been talking to a lot of people today, they're like the DJ, you know, um, universe of the of the EDM artists mm -hmm. and, and some of the hip hop artists. Yeah, is they get caught mm -hmm. up in the plugins and the in the, all the MIDI channels and all the details. And, and the samples, samples and, and stuff, yeah, yeah, and more samples, yeah, yeah. and and the <laughs> banks, yeah, yeah. I, and yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm an analog guy, like I'm I'm a keyboardist, but I use like modes yeah. and trophies and you know, oh and man, like, so wow. and so I like to capture the sounds of those instruments because they're very much like real acoustic instruments. Like a mini yeah, mode yeah. from 1974 sure. is just as vital as a 74 Fender Strat. You know, it. it, it it can oh, yeah. sound a certain yeah. way. You, we go looking, you know, keyboards, we go looking for certain years on, on sure, modes sure. and yeah. prophets and Jupiters for certain character. Um, and it's all about the character or the, or the palette of, of, the, of right, the sound. Right. So I'm totally into that. That's what, where I live is, is finding those analog instruments that can have those sounds. You know, it, it's, it's funny that how you say you go looking for them. I had this uh, musician friend of mine um, when I lived upstate New York, uh, when I, you know, when I first uh, moved to New York, um, and I say that because I, I moved from the South, when I first moved to New York years ago, I met this um, musician friend, uh, and he was actually, you know, he his title, professional musician. I mean, he had worked with... Uh, uh, everything but the girl of uh, that elect uh, or synth synth yeah, pop. I know, I know who, uh, I know I who they are. Yeah. Um, he had worked with uh, Diane Warren. He had worked with uh, you know just many musicians, many so many session, many uh, session musicians. Session like a professional session, yeah. Right. And even though she's um, she's a lyricist, am I am yeah, I correct? Yeah. She's a big lyricist, yeah. yeah. But uh, he was telling me about one time when he went uh, with Kenny Kirkland, which uh, played with Sting in the in the Blue oh, yeah, Turtles. Oh yeah, that's a great album. Yeah, the you know the jazz yeah. Uh, yeah. keyboardist. Uh, he passed away not too terribly long ago, mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, he he mentioned that he went with him to his, his storage building. Uh, I can't remember if it was down like in like in uh, Dumbo or Chelsea area someplace. Mm -hmm. But uh, he had the this the storage uh, uh, facility, and he he said he had over twenty eight different uh, keyboards in there, <laughs> and he, and you know he was like, damn man, when are you gonna you know use all these? He's like, I'm always using them. You know he he, he was he said he rotated them yeah. out. But uh, yeah, so I know it's true that especially when you get to that level of of musicianship. Being a virtuoso, it's it's kind of like looking yeah. for the, you know, top shelf or a rare wine or something. Yeah, like I saw like a documentary. Or something. Yeah, I saw a documentary on Keith Richards, and one time he showed up at a studio. Right, he had a semi, and mm. in the semi he had like 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 two hundred guitars, and he had a Damn. guitar tech, and they wow. would go out and he'd go tell his guitar tech to go out to the truck. And go grab a guitar for a certain section of a song when he was cutting his solo albums, and he was just rotating all these guitars Damn. in and out. Because he, for certain, you know, overdubs, he was looking for certain years and certain models to get that tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm totally, yeah, yeah. you know, you guys like Jimmy Page would do the same type of thing, but um, yeah, that's yeah. very common, you know, on acoustic instruments. But people don't realize with all this whole plug-in world. Yeah, I, I understand it, and I have sure, digital sure. stuff. 
but I just I think I think the analog stuff just uh, today a lot of people have realized the, the you know, reason Moog came back to life, the reason Prophet sequential circuits came back to life from the '90s is because uh-huh. these tones, you know, you can create your own. You don't have to buy somebody else's sound. You can make your own sound. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, people people hunt. Uh, they hunt for the Lindrum oh, yeah. like it's that's, that's like a it's a black pearl. Yeah, yeah. They they hunt that thing down. Yeah, you know it's it's it, and meanwhile, uh, you know, where somebody's got a semi uh, semi full of guitars. Meanwhile, on the other side of the spectrum, you've got somebody like uh, Rest His Soul, Kurt Cobain, who's who can just you know take his dirty oh, yeah. guitar and 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 eat even tune it down way down or, or, or leave it untuned and, and still make, you know, beautiful, beautiful, raw well, music. Reed, with Reed it, didn't you know? really care what he was doing. He do most of the time they was out of tune. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Jack White takes like a hundred dollar yeah. plastic, you know, like catalog guitar. And, and shows oh, wow. that you can yeah. you really is a player. I mean, yeah, yeah. you can get into the thing. I mean, I, 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 I do, you know, I do field recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I like to do samples, I do it like the old way. I go out to, in nature and do a field recording of birds. Oh, nice. Or I'll break glass and capture it on a field recorder and get sounds like ambient sounds. I, that's what originally electronic musicians, we were doing stuff like that, trying sure. to get granular synthesis, you know, sure, granular sure. synthesis and that type of thing. And as more people are getting into that, more people are doing more Eurorack mm-hmm. synthesis, mm-hmm. you know, samples of actual, you know, found sounds. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's that's kind of where I live in the world I live. But it's interesting, like you're you're using a DAW in a way that some people don't. You know, they they, they get they dive into all that stuff that's going on today. But it's interesting to hear where you're coming from, and, and given the history of the bands that you, and the artists you like, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, where where you are. So, do you do? Do you have your own home recording studio? Or you go to the st- physical studios. I mean, you probably have your own home arrangement. Then you go to a bigger studio. You know, I, I I can't really say at this point in my life. Uh, you know, my upstate home, uh, the home I used to have upstate New York, that was a home studio because it was a the house was, you know, well it's 120 years old now. You know, it was 1900. And it had four levels to it. And it also had a carriage house. So I converted the carriage house into my home studio. It truly was. You know, wow. I, I had, a, had a pond out, out you know, out to the side of it and one out back. So whenever we finished, you know, we could step out into the snow and, you know, my art, my musicians could, you know, have their smoke and and just watch the deer up in the woods, that kind of thing. But now, cool. now that I live in the city, uh, I, I, I don't really have a home. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm homeless, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I, my studio is, 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 you know, I sleep okay. here, but it's my workspace really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it's kind of one and the same. Um, when I have a home again, I'll have that. You know, I'll have my sarasas and my shubunkin and my koi swimming about in a pond again. But <laughs> to that point, uh, right now, I, I, I'm just a studio man. So it's it's I, I live and breathe around it. I mean, you know, my my manuscripts are all over my desk when it when my desk is not clean. Like right now, it's clean. Uh, and when I'm when I'm working on a book or something. It, it, you know, it's it's full, and then you know I've got paintings stashed in this corner and all over the walls, and um, you know, and, and and my music instruments and things are in the other uh, room where I uh, do most of my work musically. So I switch from one valve uh, kind of seasonally, seasonally um, mm-hmm. creating. Yeah. So. Well, that's well. I think that's. I mean, I think a lot of times. Uh, it's good to be in that kind of productive environment. I was, I would watch it. I always watch all these documentaries because I'm a music kind of historian. Oh wow! And I was watching a documentary about the band. You know, the yeah, band was, yeah, yeah, Dylan, yeah. And they had they, they had Big Pink, which was just this little. That's house. right. And they did. They felt that that was like the best way to record because they like lived, and they breathed, like all those early band albums are all coming from like Big Pink. 
uh, you know, in the basement tapes and stuff, they're coming from there. And there's a difference when you hear a band, you know, able to be in an environment where it's that creative. That's right. You know, it, it, it may not be, it may not be praised or appreciated at the time, but, but in hindsight, when you, when you look back in whatever era, you, you, you have to just, you have to just give it credit and just be, and, and, you know, well, and you, you're left thinking like, whoa, that was, that was magic because so much of that you, you can't replicate and you, you, you can't imitate, you know, no, it's totally, it's like really, um, it's original and it's heartfelt. And I think what a lot of people don't get, so sometimes that kind of raw recording, maybe it doesn't have the best technology, um, but, but it's got the heart and it's got something that's deeper. Sure, sure. Than, than the tech, you know, we're just using a reel-to-reel four-tracker and just using, you know, not the best mics in the world, but you capture, you know, Richard Manuel singing and his voice is unbelievable, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, his, and Helms, you know, you just, you hear these guys and Robbie Robertson's guitar playing is like phenomenal. Wow. Um, just the, the ability that he had to not be a showboater. Uh-huh. But but when you listen to the band, you listen to that, what he used to do is he was brilliant. He, he was able to not be flashy, but he had these brilliant runs uh, that, yeah, would, yeah. that would kind of go through the song. He's soloing through the whole song, but he's not showboating. Yeah. Wow. He just services the song. He's, and I think yeah, a lot he, of people can learn from that. He's traveling through the song. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think that, that always, I've always appreciated guitar players that can kind of, they're, they're songwriters, you know? Yeah. They're, more than just being like a lead guitar player, they're they're a songwriter. They're actually they care more about the song than trying to do some like you know elaborate kind of ego thing. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I want to I want to give some time to to your project where you're you're supporting Black Lives Matter on what's going on that classic Marvin Gaye song, and uh, I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm going to be pushing that out um, on on this hyperlink to help support that. Thank but you. maybe you can talk about how you that came to be and what you what you're trying to do with this. Okay. Did Did you hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I actually was listening to it this um, in the last couple um, like last hour. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, well, I I um I I, I think. Really, it, it, it's it's for me. It was kind of like if if Marvin Gaye were alive now, mm-hmm. he he would he would be. I don't want to say re-performing that song, but he he may be saying this is exactly the reason why. Why he wrote it? <laughs> well, exactly. You know, because you, you, anybody can look at a Wikipedia page and, and see things, and they and they they think they they have all the facts, but the truth of it is, um, it really had to do with more than just Vietnam and what was going on at the time. And um, you know, I kind of got around, uh, I kind of got around the, uh, uh, I, I took artistic liberty with saying uh, just because our skin is black or brown. Not not uh, the line that's uh, because her skin is just because her hair is long. Yeah, uh, change it. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, M- Marvin Marvin's hair was you know shorter than than the hair. You know when I when I it takes me two weeks to grow a shadow, but you know on my chin. <laughs> but his hair was no longer than that. And but so I know the point of that song was really really about. Uh, uh, pr- police brutality and the racial divide, because yeah. you know Detroit was was a hot hotbed of it, you know, much like it is st- still today and at this time. Um, and you know the the Funk Brothers and and the the Motown uh, fellowship, meaning even the people that that listened to them and followed their music uh, and knew these artists personally, they were relating to the undertones in that song and Marvin was smart because he knew that um, if he, you know, wrote or, or probably sang a line as bold as I, I did with his song, uh, hope, uh, hope he wouldn't be offended by that. Um, 
it, I think it, he would be totally into it. I mean, given where he was at the time, he was right, about right. destruction. Right. It wouldn't have, talking, it would it yeah. would have gotten promoted uh, the same way, and it may have been it may have even been shelved or even denied uh, uh, in some places to be played because you know because it's like a artistic revolt, you know. Yeah, I mean, Barry Gordon wasn't really into it at first, right? He, he didn't really want him to go that way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, because, yeah, yeah you, po- you, you you know, you're stepping on toes when you do that. Yeah, I mean, because Barry was about, you know, making the hit that's going to get, you know, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he appreciated, you know, Black Art, but he wasn't really trying to touch those hot points. That's right, right, yeah. And, and then Marvin and Stevie – Started going that way, mm. and 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 he was kind of like scared of it. I think and I've read, I've seen like interviews where he was like, he was not totally supportive of those directions. Right, right. <laughs> you see, there you go. So you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but um, we're, what I'm, I just really wanted to, you know, because a lot of people nowadays they hear they hear an original song, and they think, oh, they're copying off of you know, some, some artists of today. And it's like, what? That's the original song, man. You know, <laughs> you know, because they, they think old school is, 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 is uh, three months ago or, or, you know, three years ago. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, man, don't come on. <laughs> you know, and, that's, yeah. and they don't, so they don't really know what old school actually means or, you know, yeah. I mean, they they don't listen to Lead Belly or Robert Johnson. Sure, sure, <laughs> right, right, right. So they they don't know where that a lot of these songs that have been biting off of the originals for years, or or uh, or doing renditions, they don't they don't really know the roots of it. So all I wanted to do really is uh, kind of um, not take the helm, but uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, kind of. Uh, reverberate what, what Marvin uh, said in his day and in his lifetime. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think really with the George uh, Floyd, uh, what's going on and with all, you know, all these like police murders. Sure. And, uh, this stuff is real heavy and, and it never really went away. <laughs> you know, music, That's right. maybe, music maybe stopped talking about it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Maybe only, in the hip hop world, there seemed to be a lot of political, you know, elements mm, mm, mm. but then a lot of soul music kind of went, went away from it sure um, and I, I, i've always been drawn into you know like you know the james brown like hell album oh wow <laughs> like, I don't have, know you ever, if you, have you ever heard that that's like his most political album that's like talking about watergate era oh, oh wow stuff and it's, it's real heavy and it's, you wouldn't expect james would do that because sometimes he was on the wrong side of stuff but um he did actually make some statements in that album. And I've always been very into like, you know, what Curtis Mayfield was doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that stuff is just killer. I mean, it's, I just love, love it when you get a great soul singer, you know, a great, you know, band, like mm. the, like the guys the way at the front brothers are a guy like Curtis Mayfield, when they really lays it down, you mean, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, just, yeah. And Marvin on that album is just like, it's unbelievable. Oh, wow. 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 So for you to you do it, I think people need to go back and listen to that because I mean I think people really need to get into that mindset again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I appreciate you saying that. Just tell me about this. I mean, because a lot of the things that you're mentioning, uh, I'm not going to say, uh, oh, you know, it's just before my time to write it off. I'd never heard of uh, some of these albums. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, you check out James Brown Hell. It is a great soul funk record that is is talking about like society at the time it's, it's kind of talking about how it's kind of you know it has this line is it's hell trying to you know pay the rent hell trying to you know yeah yeah you know, eat food because of inflation and because of the way the world was in in that point in the 70s you had this kind of inflation period you had this the kind of you know everything was starting to not go right and, right and it's and he's like, baby, things catching, he's catching help. Like the mm-hmm. black man's catching help, black woman's catching help, everybody's catching help. Yeah. And it's it's something that it didn't get as popular as his other songs because it was political. Uh-huh. But, but it's, 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 it's just like what's going on. I mean, it's making a statement. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a funk statement. <laughs> yeah. 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 
It's I think of... hip hop. I think Doctor. I think Doctor Dre probably sampled it in some of the stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, James yeah. and the Parliament are heavily sampled, uh, so I think I've heard it before in in snippets on some hip hop records. But you know, I've got the original, and you, if, you, if you like what's going on, you probably should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to get you to send me a, a couple of links of things so I can check. Oh them out. yeah, I can send you a link if you're on Spotify. You can catch it, but um. Yeah, so this is this is the GoFundMe that you're you What's your goal on GoFundMe for this? I've seen that link. Yeah, um, you know, as you know, with the times, uh, the times we're in, it's it's tough all around for for uh, all of us, but uh, specifically uh, musicians, uh, myself included. So, um, but. I have to do it because um, I can't wait on the musicians that I work with uh, and that have that I have worked with uh, mm-hmm. to do it because I'd rather not just be talking about something. So I'm just trying to uh, raise uh, money to be able to continue a lot of the work that I'm doing uh, collaboratively with with other artists that I'm going to be working with. Uh, and these aren't just artists that um, are in my circle, so to say, but they're artists that um, that I work. I'll be working with on my instrumental albums, and um, um, and even uh, even some of the uh, actresses that I like to use in videos. So that's that's really what the uh, the GoFundMe campaign is set up for, basically to bring a lot of these uh, projects that I'll be doing collaborative. So sorry collaboratively uh, <laughs> into, into fruition. So, Well, I think that's a, what I've seen lately is like Spotify added like a, a PayPal me link. Um, so uh, artists get, get funded. Uh, SoundCloud has done the same thing uh, because, you know, one of the big things as a musician is like we, we tour, we, we play shows. That's right. And ever yeah. since Corona, you know, the fans, um, you know, they support us through the streaming services, but streaming services don't really pay the rent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, artists get funded by doing shows, you know, ever sure. since, you know, going back to the Motown days, you know, they yeah. didn't write the songs. The only way that Four Tops made money is they had to do shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way the Temptations made money is going and doing shows. Yeah. At dinner, dinner clubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's the same thing today which is kind of sad, you know, I always get upset when I see a band has to make more money selling their merch. Yeah. 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 Do, do from their music. Yeah, um, exactly. And I'm just trying to make people aware like, you know, when you see a GoFundMe for an artist or you see a PayPal me or you see like a Patreon and you love that artist, you really should support them, you know, because so many people are distracted today they go into their video games, they buy an Xbox game for $60, but they won't pay $10 to their ba- the band they love. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so if you love music, I think you need to start, you know, keep music alive and, and support the bands you love. Wow. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, you're right. So I just always tell the young folks that, you know, Xbox is cool, but like if you like that band, you say you love them, you know, don't just stream it. Buy it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy the CD, you know, go buy their T-shirt, go buy their poster, you know, show up to their show. Yeah. Um, And so I'm hoping, you know, that we find new ways. Have you found, because of Corona, have you found new ways to do, like, live broadcasts to keep um, involved? I know you're doing videos, seeing your video work. Have you done any kind of live casting or online concerts? Well, actually, what I'm doing uh, mainly right now is um, I'm, I'm I'm working on two different albums, um, so it's not that I, you know, I've ruled that out or or just uh, not looked at that uh, sort of thing yet. Uh, but um, I, I'm I'm just in in my lab creating, uh, which is which is yeah. my you know my passion and um yeah so that's where i, I kind of am right now um and, well, that's a good uh, place to be that's a good place to be a lot of artists i've interviewed have been doubling down on their recording yeah uh, yeah they, you know nor a lot of artists in this time period you know during the year are at festivals they're doing shows and they don't have as much time to record you know right, right. record on the road on the tour bus on the plane <clears throat> 
they're doing stuff in their you know a hotel room, but then they get back from the tour and then they really start recording, you know, later. And now people have been able to maybe focus on things that they hadn't thought of. You know, I was talking to this artist lately. They actually learned how to do orchestration, you know, mm. how to arrange mm. orchestration so they could add that to their projects and spent like three months learning how to do that. Right. Um, right. And so people are kind of doubling down on their creativity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Uh, I, I just put out an instrumental album i would say uh month before last yeah i was listening to that i was actually listening to that album i was it was called natrius yeah Yeah, i was very interested because it's like wow you're not singing on this yeah 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 well i've got i've got three instrumental albums and um so uh and then um the other album as i mentioned you know with with the GoFundMe project and, and things that I want to uh, raise funds for uh, collaboratively. Um, it, the album, uh, When I Come to Paris, uh, is going to be uh, more of a, a jazz-influenced uh, album. And so I'll be working with uh, musicians that, um, uh, you know, have, have the, the proficient chops and they will be uh, performing uh, so is it like bebop or or like uh, free jazz or what what type of jazz? Uh, the romantic jazz. Romantic. Uh, cool. I would say, um, uh, uh, like there's there's the title track when I come to Paris, um, and then there's another uh, track, the sentiments. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the subtleties of her. And oh, that kind of jazz, I can kind yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and um, so I'll be sure to send you a track or two to give you a sample uh, as cool. I get into that. But, okay. uh, you know, some of those I'll probably be doing, uh, I'll probably only sing like maybe 30% of the album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it, it's, it's basically uh, or mainly music, uh, musically influenced. So are you getting Richard. more, are you deciding to kind of go that way? Because, you know, where you want to be more more experimental and less pop oriented? Um, I, I'm all over the place. <laughs> and I've been told for years, like, hey, you need to choose a genre. And then, you know, there would be musicians that would take up for me. Hey, you know, mind your business or or or, or, or blank off. You know, you know, he, yeah. he's always done that, you know, and, and that's true. I mean, even in my art, um, if, if, if you have seen my work, um, you know, I go from uh, Cubism to, to, to expressionism to fauvism to pointillism to you know, to realism uh, to uh, imp- yeah I mentioned impressionism but yeah I've, I've been influenced by so many things in maybe my, so yeah give my, me a link to your artwork so I can include it because we can include multiple hyperlinks so if you've got uh, like a page where your artwork is for sale or anything like that, we oh want yeah, to, definitely promote it. Just send me, you know, through the direct message, the link, and I can put it right on this podcast. I will definitely do that. Definitely. Yeah, because my 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 daughter is an artist. She's a graphic artist, and she's been, she's been we've been pushing some of her stuff on my um on my Instagram. You can probably see her art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's been doing some things, but um, yeah, I I, I appreciate art. Because you know she she's a graphic artist and she's been you know, really really um, pushing that world for me. Because mm-hmm. she's been been you know we've had to do gallery shows for her and, uh-huh. and um, you know some of them got postponed because of COVID. We were real excited that she got was going to be in a gallery in Boston and then COVID happened. Oh no! You know so she actually transitioned to this like this art collective for all of these like young artists and she's been pushing um this art art artism like it's art uh, she's into like uh you know supporting like mental illness in the arts okay and there's this art art artivism type of thing going on where the young artists are kind of pushing causes and she's really into that oh excellent um, i really like your album songs for a dope that for some reason I got really drawn into. I, I watch a lot of Korean dramas. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> like Vicky and and, and Netflix, and I, I kind of got drawn into that record because I, I I watch a lot of you know Korean actors on 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 these on these uh, Korean dramas, which I've been right. watching for years. I've gotten drawn into that. 
yeah, yeah. Bobber, Kim, Kim, Kim yeah. Sihan, Sungi Kyo, Kim yeah. Tae. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lee, Lee Min Ho, you know, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I've been drawn into that stuff all the time. So it was interesting to listen to your. How did you come Thank about you. that record? The, 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 what, what you just, what you just described exactly, um, and I'm, I'm very fascinated with the Korean language and just the culture in general. Um, you know, if I freakishly uh, went platinum tomorrow. I'd probably, uh, you know, get my go to Seoul. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I'd get my uh, whatever I would need to to be able to, uh, you know, I've got my passport, but I'd probably head straight to Seoul to, to do videos for that album. Um, I, and I appreciate you you saying that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, yeah, I just I like I like the vibe on it. I like the I like the the whole sound of that record is really cool. Oh wow, I thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, you, you have such a big catalog. I just started diving into it, um, and uh, I'll be oh, listening to more. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I, we're, we're, yeah. It's just very exciting to to talk to an artist like yourself that's kind of cross genre. You know that that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. The the, the album I I wanted it to uh, kind of reflect the same kind of uh, happy that I get when I, when I see a Korean movie or mm -hmm. when I see um, their little variety shows. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm on the outside looking in, so there's always di different facets to any culture. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I can say fortunately that um, I, I lived in a Koreatown in L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was going through the lowest point of my life. Um, yeah, I, I really, really uh, got into my lowest point. Nothing to do with drugs or anything. I just, I lost about 40 pounds, lost all my hair, came out of a bad you know, relationship, and, and it was a meltdown uh, from that. So, mm -hmm. um, and during that time, I, I was living in Koreatown. And, and this, uh, you know, even though I can't deal with, all that LA sun all the time. You know, I need snow. I need, I need rain. Need rain. I, you know, I need, yeah, I need something that can, you know, make all the bad people go inside, you know, some cold weather. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I really enjoyed it uh, because um, it, it was calming uh, where I lived and, and the people uh, were very, I mean, you know, there, there were just your everyday uh, American people around, but it, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that I was living in the heart of Koreatown and, and I was seeing all these different stores. And then I had a friend, I met a friend named Seng Chun in uh, L.A. And he started introducing me uh, to Korean music, uh, IU. Uh, and then I, I met a friend here and, and she started introducing me to so many different uh, things with the Korean culture. So it just kind of spawned from there. So I wanted to, um, I don't want to say give back, but I wanted to uh, reflect with, yeah. you know, that same happy that I, I started feeling. Uh, it's interesting because K-pop has become a really big genre. You know, a lot of Americans are actually into it where they right. were, you know, so, so much before. Right. And inter interesting side note, I, I spent two years in Japan in my alter world i'm an it guy and oh I, wow two years in tokyo is in like, downtown tokyo for two years um and i just used to run over to electric town which we called akihabara and go into all these like shops that had all these rollins oh wow, wow, <laughs> and wow. All these old, old synthesizers from the 70s and stuff and effect guitar pedals from boss and like you know uh -huh. like real like space echoes and oh you know, wow that you in Japan you can find all kinds of crazy gear. Oh man. Uh, and and I was just totally just uh, enamored with the whole culture. You know, sure. I love the food. I love the the respect. The respect, right? yeah. The yeah, the, the honorifics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the honorifics, the idea of um, you know, the the you know, I mean I was I was I was an outsider um, but but the whole idea was they never made me feel like an outsider. Like in my own country, I felt like I can feel more of an outsider than I did in Tokyo for two years. Oh wow! 
which well, is, is a kind of what? demoted similar to America. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but it's really strange. People said, oh, you're going to have a lot of trouble there. I said, I came back. I said, no, I had less trouble there than I ever had in the U.S. Wow. And I live, and I live in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't live down south. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so, so, so we come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, me having lived, lived, you know, from being born in the South and and uh, and now living in New York for so many years. Uh, yeah, I've gone through both uh, aspects of the dynamics of the of the U.S. So this culture uh, allowed me to see a good light. So I wanted to, uh, art, you know, just artistically uh, interpret that. Well, I enjoy talking to you. Um, and we're going to push this out within the next hour. It's going to be on 11 platforms. Oh, wow. Uh, we are on Spotify because we actually are a Spotify company. Oh, wow. And, and um, it will also be on Apple. It'll be on Radio Public, Google, Google Play, and a bunch of other ones. I will send you like the top links from like Spotify and Apple so that you can promote it as, long as, as well as the Anchor FM link. Uh, and we have a cool feature because uh, Spotify, we have an integration on Instagram where we can actually attach a highlight that will go to the Spotify version of the podcast. Oh, nice. Very so nice. You put it on your Instagram. You, you know, we'll put it on our channels and then people will be able to click on it and we'll put it in our story and you can reference our story. You can create your own. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll do ours and then you'll see how it works and then you can decide if you want to build your own. We will send you all these links within the next hour, and we'd love to talk to you again. We've talked to artists that we talked to multiple times, you know, three, four times on the on the podcast. So when you have your album ready to go, we could we could talk about that when you're ready. Excellent, and and I'm honored, and I I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate the uh, the time and the opportunity. Well, thank you very much. We're gonna we're gonna push this out. We're glad to have you on the program, and everybody go out. And uh, you know, purchase in in, in support, Lotope, and you really need to help the artists that are out there. So look at his GoFundMe, look at all the material that's out there, listen to it, download it, and push it to your friends if you love it. Uh, that's how you know artists get out there and, and, and spread the word. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you very much for being on the program. Have a great night. You too. Take care.